Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're going to spend a couple hours here engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation that you've come to expect from the Patrick Lally Show. We're going to talk about local, state, and national news and politics, as we always do, some sports, some entertainment, and the like, some fake news. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio, keeping us update on the latest news and weather. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Dan and I really appreciate you being here with us, whether that's in your car radio, cruising around our great city, or the greater eastern South Dakota, southwest Minnesota, northwest Iowa area, or following along on Facebook Live or on Twitter at P. Lally Show. You can stream us, listen to this baby in real time on KSO.com, or, and this is important, you're going to want to know this, you're going to want to remember this, you're going to want to learn this, the new KSOO mobile app. That is the KSO-specific branded mobile app. Many of you people may have that Radio Pup app, a fine app by any measure, but you can get just the KSOO bit with the news, with the weather, with the uh, latest posts from the staff here at Results Radio, and, of course, the fantastic push notifications that give you the latest alerts when news is happening or weather is breaking. Ah, boy, so we're on the backside of the big holiday the big holiday, St. Patrick's Day. We had a lot of. I'm not going to lie to you, people. We had a lot of buildup on this show, like a month of buildup to St. Patrick's Day, also known as Tempest Founders Day, from the now defunct fine, fine publication that me and my friends were involved in, that I, my friends and I, were involved with many years ago. You know, and I had threatened, threatened. I'd promised. I had made anticipatory statements to suggest that I was going to be bringing the tuba downtown. Uh, at one point, the Brass Holes, my, for my, my little combo that the Boon Man and I participate in, the Brass Holes, uh, we, we were going to get together. On, it didn't happen. just didn't happen. So then I was going to go down and uh, hang out and maybe play a little uh, roll out the barrel and a little uh, come out you black and tans with my brother's group, Moxton Road. Something, something. Okay, here's the deal. All those people carrying a tuba, not fun. Not fun. And so I just left the tuba home. You know, you can't bring a tuba everywhere you go. And that was fine. So I was able to catch my brother's uh, little combo down at uh, Woodgrain, Moxton Road. I think it's Moxton Road. And uh, he, of course, plays accordion in that little group. And uh, classmate Dan Schaefer on uh, guitar and banjo and uh, sister of other classmate Katie Randall singing. And it was nice. It was a good good crowd there at Wood Green and then went out and watched the parade. Uh, you know, pretty standard parade. A lot of entries, a lot, ent- lot of politicians. This is sort of uh, peak politician time in the cycle, you see, because you got... Uh, it's not like this every year, but you got the mayoral election, the city elections in April, so they were all there. Then you've got the Republican primaries in June, and so they were all there. Well, there would be Democratic primaries if if the challenge if the hopefuls in those races had 
challengers, which they don't, for House and for uh, Governor. Those are the big ones. So let's uh, going down the list, I saw Marty Jackley. Talk to him for a minute. He's running for governor, of course. I talked to Dusty Johnson. Um, I yelled at the mayor as he went by. He was not running for anything, but he was standing in the back of the pickup. It was the it was the goodbye Sioux Falls tour down Phillips Avenue for the mayor. Now you yelled at the mayor. I now, said that could be a whole no, lot of different things. It was fine. I I just said hello, mayor. Goodbye, mayor. That was it. That's all I did. Okay, that's pretty civil. Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some undertones there, but it, you know, it was fine. He was. I think he might have teared up a little bit as he was going by Wood Grain. <laughs> I don't. I can't say that for sure, but it might have happened. I saw Teresa Staley out there. She's not running for anything, but she was just out there, and uh, which is fine. You know, spreading the good word. She is one that gets involved in the public. That is for sure. Well, you know, she's going to run for something again someday, so you may as well just keep up the good vibes, right? Uh, who else did I see? I missed some. I missed Jolene. I didn't see her. I was I was uh, uh, inside for a moment. Did not get to see Jolene, but I know she was out there. Uh, I also missed Greg Jameson, our guest today. Uh, I'm told he was driving a snowplow. I don't know what that was all about. I talked to Paul Tenhaken briefly. I asked him, you know, he's a he's a Ironman guy and a runner and everything, and he was running all over. I asked him if he was logging those miles. He said yes, so I think that's appropriate. Um, what else? It was a really it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, all the families were there: the O'Hara's, the Grogans, the Garys. They Garys did have a lot. They were a lot of Garys in the parade. Um, yeah, so pretty pretty standard. Other than that. Civil War guys shooting their guns, the uh, Renaissance people doing their jingly thing. You know, they were all there. Although I will say this, Christy Christy Nome was not there. She was in um, somewhere else, but she had a contingent. But Marty was there pressing the flesh, and uh, I asked Dusty Johnson. I said, "Where's Christy?" You know, because they're all Republicans, right? And he said, "Well, there are parades." in Watertown and in Rapid City. So I don't know, maybe she's there. This is not, there's nothing on Dusty. He's, you know, I'm like, you know, there's more people at this parade today than there are living in the entire county of Coddington. (laughs) So it was a, there were a lot of people there uh, and it was really fun. So it was, it was good to see those folks. And I saw a lot of old friends coming out for St. Patty's. And that was, that was a good time. I saw that there were, what, 11 DUI arrests? That's not, that doesn't seem too terribly much. Yeah, for a, I think on a normal weekend, you might get that many. Yeah, I, I know that this, that St. Patrick's Day is the highest rate of uh, DUI of the year, even more than New Year's Eve, which is kind of shocking. But when it's on Saturday like that, you know, I suppose that's normal. 11 is probably a little, a little on the high side. They had their uh, saturation patrols out there. But, you know, most everybody I saw was pretty well behaved. There was one incident that, uh, uh, oh, this is, I just got an update, a news update. So there was this uh, Facebook post uh, by um, some folks downtown where uh, there was, they had camera shots of two guys stealing a flag, okay? 
an Irish flag off of the front of a building. And I saw it, a friend of mine posted it, and I reposted it. Last time I looked at it, it had been reposted like 792 times in less than 24 hours. Well, apparently it worked because uh, I'm told right now, this just in, because I had asked my friend, I see you took that post down. Why did you do it? The guy admitted to it, came forward, paid for everything. So he got Facebooked, Facebook shamed, and uh, came forward with it. There, this is the lesson here, Dan. There are cameras everywhere. So, you know, don't do stupid things, people. I am just thinking, I think often of the days of my youth. Mm-hmm. And if there were multiple cameras around, there would be many things, many, many things that would be <laughs> of, of, uh, of embarrassing sort. Yes. That yes. would be, that would be living forever on the interwebs. Yeah. And these poor guys, well, not poor, they did it, but, uh, my buddy took down his post, but, um, I'm sure nobody else did. So they are out there forever, basically tagged in a Facebook post. Well, their names aren't on it, but you know, there, there were good pictures. So I think somebody figured out who it was and that's, so there you go in this age, man. So a good, a good ending to that story though. So you don't steal somebody's Irish flag. That's just, that's pretty low. Hey, we got a great show for you today. Uh, our guests are, uh, as I mentioned earlier, mayoral candidate, Greg James will be in the studio to continue our series of interviews of hopefuls in the April 10th city election. He, of course, is one of six people left in that run, and they are hoping to whittle that, or they will whittle that down to two, most likely, for a May 1 runoff. The common man is in for weird friends. We're going to have him in for two segments because he's got a lot to talk about, uh, one being St. Patrick's Day, the other baseball, fair around the corner. We're going to talk about the not real news of the week, and I'll have a PL statement just after the break. Fencing the Falls, people. You heard about the tragic death of a five-year-old girl at Falls Park over the weekend. We're going to talk just a little bit about that. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000, KSOO. 321 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000, KSOO. Oh, yeah, getting closer to free on the PL statement today. And the Bodines with our theme song, Closer to Free. And uh, I just want to talk a little bit today about the uh, terrible tragedy at Falls Park over the weekend. Um, and it is, it's a, a horrible thing to think about and for, uh, a family to experience and there's no getting around that. Um, I know that the first thing that happens and the first thing that happened in 2013, almost five years ago to the day, I think when two people died, uh, trying to save a, a child, uh, the child didn't die, and the two people who jumped in did, which was 
a horrible tragedy as well. And it, it caused a lot of conversation about, you know, safety at Falls Park. And I imagine that conversation is going to come up again, and you've already heard it in the news. Uh, the Parks Department uh, recently did an audit, essentially, of safety there and decided that fences really weren't um, uh, practical in many ways. And I would support that. Um, I wrote a column back in 2013, uh, and I was just rereading that column today, uh, and I think it's still true that fences, a fence there isn't going to solve anything. Um, the river is big, and uh, this time of year, when the melt is on, or after a large rain, everybody goes down there and wants to see the falls, and that's normal. And the first runoff of the year, you get this sort of monstrous backup of foam, phosphorus-laden foam, chemically-laden foam created from agriculture runoff. That's what it is. So it's not something that you should be hanging around, you know, in contact with anyway. But, you know, children are curious, and it looks like just a big pile of snow, right? It's not. It's just foam. And it backs up there below the falls in the channel uh, created, the narrow channel created for the old power plant that the building still remains, which is the Overlook Cafe. And people wonder, why isn't there a fence there? And uh, in 2013, they decided they put up some new signage. It says, you know, watch your kids, be careful. That you can't, you can't plan for every eventuality. Um, and this is awful, but a fence isn't going to keep people from dying necessarily because you can't fence the entire river. Um, there are spots along the river that are equally as dangerous below the spillway, um, just down from where this, uh, uh, poor young girl died. There's a low head dam, which is also dangerous. Just above the falls, there's plenty of quick-moving water and deep water. And access to the river is easy all the way up and down. And you might be... The only thing that... And, and I see I got a note here from Teresa Staley that says that she's supporting a um, appropriation for better signage and temporary barriers. And that, you know, maybe when the big pile of foam is built up down there, some sort of, uh, you know, even just a uh, uh, traffic barrier type things would be good. Just to say, stay away from here. This is not a good spot right now. But you can't, you know, parents live in a constant state of fear that something like this is going to happen, that, you know, a child's going to, Children are unpredictable. They'll bolt and they'll run. You live under that constant tension, the vision that your child innocently running in front of a car or into a dark hole or into the roiling river. It's natural and it's expected. No barrier will relieve a mother's worry or protect us from that tragedy. This is an anomaly, and I don't mean to, I'm not downplaying the death at all, but they're very, deaths are very, very rare. People do stupid things at the Falls Park. They climb, they get caught. Emergency personnel have to come out and rescue them. Uh, 
I hope we don't overreact. If there's some common sense things we can do during the periods when it is uh, the most, you know, tantalizing to a child, that's that's okay. But permanent barriers, permanent fences in that area are uh, not the solution. During any of these times, the danger to be swept away when the river is high is just as high as it's been for the past several days at Falls Park and no fence, no wall, no railing can prevent all of it. That is the bottom line on today's PNL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can drop me a note at patrick at kso.com. You can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at P. Lally Show is our Twitter handle. and We'd love to hear from you. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. It's the common man. We'll be reviewing the big holiday and looking at the twins. What is going on there? This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And I, I just couldn't resist. One more run around the block with my friends, the Wolf Tones. Well, this Irish descendants. I was born in the Dublin street where the loyal runs do be. And the loving English people walked all over us. And every single night when the town would come home tight, he'd invite the neighbors out with his gold. Everyone, come out, cheap looking towns. Come out, invite me like a man. Show your wife how you won medals down in Flanders. Tell her how the IRA made you run like hell away. Oh, common man. I just, you know, that's, I, I just couldn't resist, man. I couldn't resist. I know it's not St. Patrick's Day anymore. But it's, it's never, there's never a day that you need to be ready to fight the black and tan. <laughs> you know, I, uh, as I said in earlier in the show, I was down watching my brother's little combo, Moxton Road, and uh, they, they do that song. Oh, that's a, that's a fine one to do. You know, I, I learned as I'm prepping for my, my trip to Ireland. Oh, yeah. That when you go there, the, the popular uh, beverage uh, where you have an ale in a, in a stout, mm-hmm. like a Guinness and an a, a ale, mm-hmm. where you, it's layered on top of each other, mm-hmm. which we, we here in the States call a black and tan. You are not supposed to refer to it mm-hmm. as that. No, it has a completely different different connotation. <laughs> You're gonna get yourself in a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I've heard that it must be referred to as a fifty-fifty over there. Really? Yes, sir. God, I didn't know that. Yes, that's that's good information, Common. Because eventually, eventually, I will put my feet on the old sod. Yes, yes. In ordering Irish car bombs. In Ireland is is not considered to be too clever either. (laughs) No, No, all these things are just bad form, if nothing else, and identify you as just another knucklehead from the United States. (laughs) Knuckle dragger from the states. Unfortunately, yes. But we we did get downtown. It was it was it was a fun day. Uh, My my wife and I went down, and we we went a little early, Mm -hmm. and we went to one of the downtown bars towards the parade route end. And uh, it was kind of cool because we got reverse carded. Reverse carded? Yeah. They looked at us and said, yeah, you guys are too damn old. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> we, <laughs> but. We aren't serving tea. Yes. Fortunately for us, we had brought my 21-year-old son who vouched for us. Oh, that's nice of him. <laughs> he, said, and he said, hey, don't worry. They're cool. I promise they won't play any Boston in the jukebox. 
<laughs> recently turned 21, right? Yeah. Not so long just, ago? Just a couple weeks ago, yeah. Does, he's, a, he's a neophyte. Does he look any different? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Still he's, looks 12 to you, right? Oh, well, you, you can't believe how he got carded. <laughs> I bet. He's got to have it taped to his forehead. The, the mountain of a man who, who carded him looked at that and looked at that and looked at that. <laughs> no way. You, you are 13. He's like, no, really, these are my parents. Look how old they are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, when you, you know, when you're 5'10 and 138 pounds dripping <laughs> wet, you're going to get 13 a lot. <laughs> well, good for him. And you guys had a nice time downtown then. We did. It was great. You know, the parade, yeah. Sometimes, Patrick, you were there, so you tell me uh, a different set of eyes, probably different. But it seems kind of like more, it doesn't seem very parade-ish. More kind of a dirge. It's so quiet. Uh, they need, as my as my brother noted, who has recently returned to the city after a 25-year hiatus, uh, where are the bands? There's no yeah. bands. Yeah. It's, 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 like a, it's like the day of the walking uh, politician is all it is. <laughs> Yeah, there is a lot of that. There and is a lot of that. And that's okay, but it's just saying that there's... And they need a marshal. I mean, not a grand marshal. No. That was that role was filled You mean like quite a nicely. golf marshal. Yeah, because there's just these giant gaps. Yeah, keep it moving, people. Yeah, I know. There's your brother-in-law. There's That's awesome. Go <laughs> keep it... Tug it along here, you know. And, but no. because there's a huge... You know, stay in contact with the group ahead of you. Stay yes. in contact. You know, it's because you're standing there for a while and you're going, hmm, we're just people on two sides of the street looking at each other. Okay, how you doing? Yeah. There were a lot of, <laughs> of uh, uh, not floats, entries. There were a lot of entries in the parade. That's a heaving beast going up and down that street. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of entries. But, uh, you know, I feel sorry for them when there's not an election. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, as I said earlier, this is sort of the, the electoral calendar perfectly aligned with the St. Patrick's Day parade in that there's a city election in April and then the big primaries in June. So, Well, the other thing that kind of is irritating to me about the parade, you know, not so much with the politicians, that's all great, but the, but the drinking rules that they have downtown. Now, if you can guzzle, <laughs> you can guzzle beers in front of, on the patios of yep. any of the appointed bars, yep. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're 20 feet away or out of the zone, Cuff him and stuff him. $120 ticket. For, is that what uh, it is? Yeah, $120 ticket for having a beer in public. Oh, man, it, I could have gotten, I was not, now that I think about it, I did wander away once. Right, and I have had several uh, uh, acquaintances who have gotten tagged with that little beauty, and even on, on St. Patrick's Day, and it's like, it, it just seems it puts the puts the police force, and, and I think it's more unfair to them. Yeah. It makes them in charge of an ar- arbitrary rule of playing, you know, Mother, may I? Can yeah. I stand here? Can I stand there? <laughs> well, and I imagine that it, you know, right down in the heart of it, you got to kind of get the the twenty feet thing is probably not really. It, but if you get uh, off the route more than about half a block, you're you might get nubbed up. Yeah, but you know, it just seems it <laughs> seems set up to to catch the. Uh, I, may, maybe it's just easier to just go, okay, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Let's knock not. yourself out, but just know that tomorrow we're going back. And and just say, just apply a different part of the code. So, all right, we're not using that 20-foot rule, but if you're walking around being stupid and, and, and you know, littering or whatever, you, you know, public intoxication or 
uh, perhaps a little indecent exposure, then you're going <laughs> to, that it may be worse. You know what I mean? The stupid factor is very high on St. Patrick's Day as oh, well. Apparently, yes, from your earlier uh, news item that you shared. Yeah, I, and I got a note back from that person that uh, said that the guy showed up and he, he actually was very, very contrite and paid up, you know, paid for everything and just said, I did something really, really dumb and here, take all my money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were actually, they were pleased wow. with the way it worked out. It doesn't usually work out that well. It's just a good thing that I've never done anything stupid. No, before. no, God, no. And, you know, and there were no cameras. <laughs> thank, thank God for that. But, uh, you know, that's the thing is because if stealing a flag from the place, I think that the flag was stolen from, that's going to bump you up about 150 spots in line to the hot spot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Especially <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. That's going to, you're going to, you're going to get a, a certain case of the stink eye yeah. when you go through, but... I did see all the uh, polit- uh, or the mayor floats. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't. Didn't see Kenny Anderson. I didn't see if he had a float or not. Uh, I did other- see Kenny, but that doesn't mean he wasn't out there. <laughs> but I saw the other floats, and I think yep. you know uh, those. That that kind of tells you everything you need to know mm-hmm. about what's going on with that particular campaign. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, like for instance, you know, like the, like Greg Jameson, we had the, the snowplow, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I I was uh, frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. He must have a CDL. We'll have to ask him when he gets in here. But he he must have a CDL to drive that thing, right? Yeah, and, uh, and, I, and tip of the hat to him because you know everybody's so tight. Yeah, that you know, and he's got that thing. I mean, he was almost edge to edge with that thing and i'm like oh my god i, I just sat there i was more worried yeah than, than because it says some dope wanders out in front of that thing they're going to be uh for road pizza for crying out loud well and and first of all say if anything goes wrong uh i don't i don't think the mayoral election is going to go too well for you but then you know uh then you've got to you know you've got some serious consequences to deal with yeah maybe maybe a, like a something smaller you know, mm-hmm. like one of those, uh, uh, like utility tractors that you can put a snow plow on the front of, mm-hmm. like a lawnmower, essentially. <laughs> Maybe that's what Greg should be driving. We'll ask him about it when he's in. Yeah, it certainly put forward a, a, a sense of power. But, uh, you know, and then, uh, and a minute with the, he had the Harleys going, looked like, uh, an outtake from, 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 uh, you know, like a Peter Fonda movie. <laughs> so <laughs> that was going, going well. Jolene, who I did see, um, she, I mean, she, Honest to goodness, that woman, she high-fived. I and mean, we were at the end of the parade route, yep. right? So we're, she, this is at the tail end. She high-fived and hugged every woman and small child for three-quarters of a mile. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a strategy. working it. <laughs> it's a strategy. Uh, you know what it was very weird? Mm. Uh, and Speaking of mayoral candidates in the parade, David Zakaitis was in there. Mm-hmm. He's not on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I, he we didn't had, we make had some the speculation ballot. as to what he was going, what he was running for. Oh, <laughs> man, it said you know it was this David. He was already for the parade, just that he had the unfortunate uh, uh, fate to come up four signatures short to get on the ballot. So why the heck, you know, what the heck, we'll still get in. And he probably had that. stuff left over from the parade of lights. That's too. right. That's right. When he got in trouble for being political in the parade of lights. I was happy to see them all. You know, it's fun, actually. Uh, I noticed Paul Tenhaken had, he had a lot of people out there with his uh, It was a large, shirts. large group. He could, I mean, he could have probably used a focal point, though. Yeah, that's Cause, true. 
because they're like, going, where's Paul? Where is he? There? Is that Paul? No, that's not Paul. Yep. So he kind of probably could have used a, you know, uh, yeah. a, a chariot of some sort. It was kind of a great green amoeba out there moving our up. And, but it was, you know, that's, your, that's a show of force. That says something for you. So. And you had a lot of people, which is, there's, and the right kind of people. You know, that sometimes it's the demographic you see walking behind him, too. And then yeah. you're like, oh, well. If you've got every, you know, I guess it all depends on what you're shooting for, but but uh, you can really see who's back and who by who's walking behind him in the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Yeah, he had a he had a good looking crowd. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was like a it was like the cool you know 2017 version of a Mad Men thing. Hey, <laughs> hey, we're cool. <laughs> That was awesome. Not only are we cool, we're fit. <laughs> That's right. They were very fit. Hey, well, we're going to come right back and talk more with the common man because I want to talk to him about the this, the news about the twins over the weekend. You up for that, Common? Absolutely. Right on. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 349 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We move into the replacements. We're going to start hearing more replacements, more Wilco, more Trampled by Turtles on this program as we go forward. But right now, we're talking to the Common Man on Weird Friends. And uh, Common Man, you being uh, probably the preeminent twins expert among mm-hmm. my circle of friends. Um, so over the weekend, uh, uh, is it Jorge Polanco? Jorge Polanco. Jorge Polanco, yep. Tested positive for uh some sort of PED. He's mm-hmm. out for 80 games, is that right? 80 game suspension, yep. That seems Apathy. bad, right? That's bad. But you know, if, for out of just pure happenstance and maybe because the team might have had some idea that that was coming. They are pretty well stocked behind him with they've got they picked up a veteran Eric Ibar mm, yeah. in place. Um, you know, they've got Eduardo Escobar their super utility guy who can fill in. And, of course, one of my favorite names of all time, Ihir Adrianza. <laughs> Whoa, a what? Ihir Adrianza. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Is he, is uh, Adrianza, is he a, a, a guy they uh, coming up through the system, or what's his deal? Well, he, he, he was a very lightly regarded pickup that they got last year who they kind of plugged in and did just fine. He had about 270. Awesome. Unexpectedly, he'd been a light hitter his entire career, and all of a sudden he, he just seemed to pick it up and do very well with the Twins. And he he's a great fielder. So, I mean, they've got some options, but Polanco is the guy that they keep thinking is you know their shortstop version. Everybody thinks that uh, he's the, the lookalike of Robinson Cano, the Mariners' mm-hmm. great second baseman. <clears throat> but he's just never been able to turn the corner. And, of course, his story is, well, you know, I I... Don't take PEDs, but no, is he... the supplement that my trainer back home <laughs> yeah. gave me, which it just happens to be the same steroid that Santana got busted for and suspended for 80 games. So, you know, <laughs> the story doesn't stand up very well, but all of a sudden, the Twins were having a very nice spring, very nice, very quiet, very productive uh, spring, are all of a sudden looking at, their starting pitcher, Santana, suddenly can't pick up a baseball. He was supposed to miss meh, a couple of starts. Now he's looking at maybe a month, maybe more. So that's your, that was your number one starter in, out for a while. And your young, hard-charging, up-and-coming shortstop 
being out for half the season. That's not good news, man. So no. Santana, his was a like a th- well, he had surgery. Was it his surgery hand? in his finger? Yeah, a finger on his pitching hand. Ugh, that's bad. But we got a bunch of didn't we? Like we picked up a whole bunch of guys. Right? Well, we did. We, that which was nice. But so most recent and probably the most impressive guy, Lance Lynn, is the guy they signed recently. Who will probably go from being a guy who was told the Twins to go jump on a lake with their first contract offer, hmm. and they bumped it up $2 million, and he took it. So he's a, he's basically signed a one-year $12 million deal that's a prove-it deal. And he's a, is that the guy that's the first baseman? Lance Lynn? No, he's a starting pitcher. Oh, okay. Who's the guy that picked up? Who's a, He's going to be a DH. He hit 37 mm-hmm. home runs last year. What's that dude's name? Logan Morrison. That's the guy. And he is one great big galoot. So remember, he watched for years. He watched the Twins games, and you go, and everybody. It looked like the teener baseball team. <laughs> when they play the Yankees, the Yankees looked like they had the defensive line for the Detroit Lions <laughs> yep. batting three, four, five, and the Twins looked like they had you know post fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nobody Logan could Morrison shave. knows how to fill out a uniform. Yeah, he's about six three, about two forty five. All sorts of really evil. Cool tattoos. Yes. You know, just a terrible haircut. That's you, awesome. You're just the kind of sort of bad boy the Twins fans could probably use instead of a clubhouse full of milkshake drinkers. It's going to be okay, though, right? Tell, uh, common man, just tell me everything's going to be okay and we're going to have a great year. That's all I want to hear. Just say yes. <laughs> yes. yes <because laughs> awesome. They, they do have the basis and their division is That's true. taking a step backwards. Cleveland is probably the only team that really is very, very good. Everybody else is eh. eh, meh. That's good. Common Man, thanks for the uh, Twins update. Of course, this is your home for the Minnesota Twins, and they start the season in Baltimore in just a couple of weeks now, so we'll be looking forward to that. That should be awesome. Great start to summer. Cheers, buddy. You bet. Take care, Patrick. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to talk about not real news. This is Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar. 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, uh, coming up Thursday night, it's the Brouhaha, 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the Museum of Visual Materials. It's an evening of travel stories by local storytellers and beer tasting, great food, socializing, silent auctions and raffles. Proceeds support Adult Literacy Service and Reach Literacy, which provides unique tutoring of adults in the Sioux Empire. Tickets are 50 bucks, 90 for a couple, 360 for a table of eight. Hey, coming up after the news and weather, we're going to talk about not real news, so stick with us. And then it's Greg Jamison, mayoral candidate. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Four oh six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Wilco. Jesus, don't cry. You can rely on me, honey. You can combine anything you want. Yeah, so it's post St. Patrick's Day, so we've got to move on from most of the Irish music. It'll show up on occasion. I'm not going to let it just fade away entirely, but start, you know, mixing in some Wilco and some. More trampled by turtles. They got a new record. There's probably you know, 
maybe we should start taking requests. People, if you want to hear certain bumper music, just shoot me an email. Patrick at KSO.com. This is nice, though. Ah, love Wilco. So anyway, you know it's Monday. So last Friday, as always, our friends at the Associated Press produced their weekly report of uh, not real news. Not real news. This is their effort to, uh, you know, fact check misinformation that is shared widely online, including work with Facebook to identify and reduce the circulation of false stories on the platform, which we all support. So the first one was the uh, not real, that a judge had nullified the Pennsylvania special election. The facts, a judge cited in one of the many false reports that followed Tuesday's special congressional election, doesn't exist. Neither does the court, cited in the Daily World Update story, the 45th Federal Appeals Court of Westmoreland County. Wandra Murren, a spokeswoman for the Pennsylvania's Department of State, says there have been no, quote, legitimate claims or evidence that voters illegally in the U.S. were brought into the state to cast votes. The subject of another piece following the election to fill the 18th district seat. Democrat Connor, Connor Lamb holds a lead of more than 600 votes or Republican Rick Saccone with a few hundred provisional ballots left to be counted. Not real. <laughs> Not real. California governor signs order to use Arabic numbers in public schools. These are the facts. There is no state law requiring students to learn Arabic numerals, although California students and others across the world already use the Hindu Arabic numeral numeral system. Brian Ferguson, Deputy Press Secretary for California Governor Jerry Brown, said the post by the last line of defense site serves to stoke fear and misinformation. He said California encourages young people to study Hindu Arabic numerals, or as we call them, numbers. The photo the conservative site shared of Brown speaking at a bill signing ceremony was from a July event in San Francisco about climate change. You are dead wrong. Dead wrong. Not real. Trump says he was the first person since Prince Henry invited to a wedding. To wedding. Trump says he was the first person Prince Henry invited to the wedding, but he politely declined the invitation. The facts. A satire site published the latest false accounts of public statements on invitations to the next royal wedding. Nova magazine falsely attributed the quotes to the U.S. president that he had talked to Prince Harry about his upcoming marriage to Meghan Markle and told Harry that he would be too busy to attend. Buckingham Palace has not released a guest list for the May 19 wedding at Windsor Castle, although speculation as to who will be invited and attend has run rampant. Another false story in recent months suggests Queen Elizabeth II has asked that former President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama be left off the guest list. Wrong! Wrong! <laughs> Not real. Coca-Cola and Nestle to seek private privatized world's second largest aquifer. The facts. Both companies say they are not negotiating for water rights at the Guarani Aquifer in Brazil, which which is shared by governments of four countries. Several blogs ran with the report out of Brazil recently, saying the companies wanted to privatize for the next century the reservoir supplying water to Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, and Uruguay. Wrong. Wrong. Not real. 
Tornado carries mobile homes 130 miles, family inside unharmed. The facts, this tale of a home flying through the air from Tulsa, Oklahoma to a field in Kansas has been traveling for three years and recently popped up again. The World News Daily Report, which has shared hoaxes before, ran the piece about a five-member family that included a woman named Dorothy and unrelated photos of storm damage. A county spokeswoman near Wichita, Kansas says a flying home never landed there. No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. And that is your not real news report for the week. Lovely, lovely, good stuff. Good stuff, people. Don't believe everything you read. Hey, coming up next, we've got uh, mayoral candidate Greg Jameson. What is this, fake news? <laughs> in the studio, and uh, he's brought his orange barrel, and uh, we're going to, I for some reason, we're going to have to talk about that again. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 417 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. I promise Trampled by Turtles. This is Trampled by Turtles. Wait so long. I could never pretend that I don't love you. You could never pretend that I'm your man. That's exactly the way that I want it. It's exactly the way that I am. And you call me in the morning with your troubles. Taking it downtown every night. I could never place a star that night above. Got my hands on the ground and you know I'm right. You ain't so long. Oh, I, Greg Jameson's here and he's just sitting there looking at me like, when when is when is this extravaganza going to happen? <laughs> well, we had listened to a little trampled by turtles, so I'm sorry, Greg. Oh, very good. Uh, Greg Jameson, who has recently returned from the wilds of Pier to full time pursue his mayoral candidacy for the upcoming April 10 election, one of six. Um, this was your first term in your was this no your first term in Pier, right? Second year. Second year, first term. Yep. Um, did it drive you crazy to be sitting out there in some flea-bitten, rat-infested hotel when you should be back here campaigning? Right. So not all the hotel rooms are like oh, that. Oh, good. Not Well, not yours. Not mine. I, I should have known that. Let me let me rephrase that. Did it drive you crazy sitting in your palatial suite? There you go. Out in here <laughs> at the, uh, you know. Eating hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm exactly hanging out at the wine bar every night. No, I I could tell you it was a little bit of a challenge for sure, especially towards the end. In the beginning, it really wasn't, uh, but at the end, I was there was a couple of forums that I missed because I was in Pier, and I was committed to staying in Pier and not coming back for a forum, no matter who it was. And uh, I was able to do that. We had uh, a lot of bills and discussions in Pier about Sioux Falls, so I was actually in the game if you will. You consider all the things that have happened statewide. There's a lot of things that have happened that change how business happens in Sioux Falls. And I'm the only candidate. Like what? Well, considering the amount of al- alcohol produced by mm. um, those yeah. manufacturers. The, the uh, craft brewer cap. Yeah. yeah. Craft brewers, the, uh, the right, Not craft brewers, microbrewers. Microbrewers, yeah. that's what I said. Um, all kinds of different pieces. The tourism tax that was considered, alcohol taxes that were re- reviewed, and other proposals. So all all things considered, I feel like I've been on an enhanced city council 
for the last few months. Oh, that sounds that sounds bad. Well, well so <laughs> so for a city council, you know, we deal a lot with land use issues mm-hmm. and zoning. Well, in state issues, it's it's about laws regarding licenses and uh, uh, criminal offenses and alcohol and other things. The variety was so huge, but it was a great experience. I would recommend it to anybody. Actually, it's a great great learning experience. Are you going to run for, this is a little odd that you're a legislature. You have to, if you want to stay in the legislature, you have to run for re-election in, in November. Right. Right. Are you preparing to get on the ballot? You have some time yet, right? Uh, right well, now would be the time to be collecting signatures to get on the ballot for uh, are, a run. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm not running for so, re-election to the House. So no matter what happens, you're no not going No matter what back. happens. I'm all in on the mayor's race. They could come back. If, if you didn't win the mayor's race, they could come back and stick you on a ballot uh, at convention, but those slots are going to be filled. They'll be filled. There's yeah. people. There's people yeah. who are anxious to run. What district are you in again? Twelve, which is where? It's really uh, we're in District Twelve right here. So it's really along Interstate Twenty Nine, all the way to the edge of town to the south, and then it kind of makes a finger uh, move all the way to East Tenth Street. Yeah, we call it gerrymandering, but that's a different issue. And, and <laughs> honestly, though, it go, it goes down to Western, yeah, and then it, it it actually trickles down to Minnesota Avenue. But when I walked it. Uh, for the uh, my election process, it's actually a great cross section of a lot of people in mm-hmm. our community. So you might call it, you know, gerrymandering to figure out how many how you could get more Republicans versus Democrats, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I can assure you, it it does a great cross section of the community. It's one of the few districts that actually is mostly in the city, isn't it? It's all in the city. Yeah, yep. I mean, there aren't that many of them because of gerrymandering, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're here with Greg Jamison. He is a uh, mayor for or candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls in the April 10 election. Did uh, two terms on the city council, right? And right. then one term in the state legislature, which we've been chatting about. Um, the We better mention the barrel. So you've been toting this traffic barrel around. It's I not one been. of the small ones either. It's a big one. Right. And it's an orange barrel. Got Greg Jamison for mayor sticker on it. And the last time you were here... There were no signatures on it, and you were trying to get me to sign it. You brought your pen. I'm not signing it, all right? <laughs> Unless I Sign my barrel. If You know what I may sign? I might sign, I'm not signing this barrel. <laughs> so you're right. It was about 11 or, 11 or 12 weeks ago mm-hmm. that uh, I brought this barrel into you. You had the opportunity to sign it first. Mm-hmm. And I'd just gotten the barrel. Mm-hmm. But for the last uh, 11 weeks, I've been bringing it to my coffees at Marlins, mm-hmm. and individuals who come there get a chance to sign it. And my message for this campaign has been about smoother roads ahead, which is a lot about roads, but it's also about other things, working relationships between the mayor's office and the city council. But this barrel kind of symbolizes, symbolizes all of that effort. And so there's a lot of signatures on here that you would recognize. Yeah. Uh, you know, Honestly, I would tell you one of the last signatures I received was Hal Wicks. Oh, really? You know, who recently passed yeah. away, and Hal was a, a big influence for me, but uh, I just noticed it and uh, just made me think of that. But, yeah. Pat, you should sign it because, listen, listen, don't shake your head like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I'm talking about, you know, smoother roads, and yep. it's a lot about fixing potholes, mm-hmm. but just like all those bicycle lanes and all those uh, gutters that are in terrible shape, it's fixing those. It's a safer place for you to ride your bike and for people to travel in their vehicles. You know where the safest place for the bicyclist to ride, don't you? In the traffic lane. But that's a whole other story. Now, how many, you have a lot of signatures on there. How many is it? Do you know? I haven't counted. Well, it'd be hard because it kind of go all different directions. It's all over. I I intend. I'm going to guess. I wouldn't, I mean, I'm no, 
I'm no, uh, uh, you know, great expert on guessing like crowd numbers and such, but I'd say there's seven signatures on there. <laughs> there is not. Okay, there's, ten. There's there, a hundred. I'll bet you. Okay, there's something like that. I was going to go. The joke could have gone high. I see a lot of Jamesons though. I'm yeah. seeing uh, Randy Jameson. That's your brother. Yeah. I see Megan Jameson. Who's that? A niece. Okay. Um, Brian Jameson. Well, there's Hal Wick. Uh, these people probably didn't know they were going to get called out like this on the radio by signing this orange barrel. They got, but, well, Beth Jameson. You know, that one doesn't even count. Hey. That's your wife. Here's Connie Jameson. Anderson. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's nice. It's a good barrel. Did you buy that new, or did you just steal it from the city garage? <laughs> I did not steal <laughs> okay. it. Well, that's good. Uh, so you've been going to the coffees. What's your plan now that you're you're back, but you've only right. been back for a week? Um, a couple weeks. A couple weeks. Um, just quickly, did it, did it, we touched on this, but do you think it hurt you at all in your campaign to be in peer for two months? Well, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't lie to you that some have told me that I should have uh, resigned my seat. Some people thought it would interfere. But what I realized is that all the issues that we were talking about in Sioux Falls, I'm sorry, in Pierre, mattered in Sioux Falls. And so, in essence, consider this. For the last two years, I have been working on issues for Sioux Falls as well as for the whole entire state of South Dakota, which is a heavy task. 800 and some thousand people considered instead of what you might consider in Sioux Falls with with Mm 183,000. So, in all reality... It's a lot like training for something. I have been in the trenches training to be mayor for the last two years in Pierre. It's prepared me well. There are a lot of things that happen in Pierre that are important for Sioux Falls and relationships that are built. Just even a couple weeks ago, I met with the uh, governor, and I asked him, look, you're still going to be governor for six months while I intend to be mayor. What is it that we can do together to help Sioux Falls? And we talked about economic development plans and repairing relationships that we need to have. And so there's a lot of great things that have happened for me being in Pure. I'm really glad I was there. We're talking with Craig Jamison. He is a candidate for mayor in the April 10 first round election. And the any runoff, which there probably will be one, will be May 1st. Uh, we're going to come right back and talk with Greg. And I'm, I won't make fun of his barrel anymore. Sign That's, my barrel, Pat. <laughs> this is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe the sun will shine today. 434. The clouds will blow away. Information 1000 KSOO. Another awesome Wilco song. Either way, either way, we're going to return to our conversation with Greg Jameson, who is a uh, candidate for mayor in your election on April 10th in the city of Sioux Falls, along with school board and a couple of city council races. It's uh, it's a hot time in the old town tonight, Greg. That's right. So I give Greg uh, more more of the business than I probably do most. And I have to tell people this every time. We've known each other for a long time. We went to high school together. Yep. So there you go. Just I, knew, that out there. I knew Pat when he had hair. <laughs> oh, oh some things stay funny. Um, uh, that said, uh, let's talk about, uh, quickly, uh, the Falls okay. Park issue. Obviously, a uh, mm-hmm. terrible tragedy there this weekend. Yeah. Do you think that the city should do more to 
whether it's temporary or permanent uh, fencing of some sort, a barrier of some sort, uh, because now we've had two, you know, over the years we have the occasionally an incident. We've had some fatalities in the last five years, three now. Um, should we do something down there to make it safer? Well, one thing we absolutely have to do is review what's in place today. Clearly isn't working. Imagine this, that tomorrow another child dies and the city hadn't done anything. You know, so it's almost like you do need to put up some kind of a temporary fence or barrier just to kind of regroup and say, okay, look, we've got to do something, whether it's signage or some other type of barrier. The problem is if we let it go without any change and another individual falls in or, or dies, mm-hmm. it, it almost shows negligence on the city side, knowing you had a hazard and you didn't do anything. So, yes, something needs to be done. The, the thing that is a little different about that particular spot is when the big pile of foam gets built up. And it's hard to believe, but yeah. if you've never seen it, it looks like snow. Yeah. And so a kid could walk right into it. And that is oh, an issue. Yeah. And not even know that there's water. Right. And both times it's been a kid who initiated the problem. The first time around, the two people who died were adults because they were trying to save the kid. Yeah. And this was a child who died, which is terrible. Um, so maybe some sort of temporary... I, they're not going to get that foam out of there. The only way to get the foam out of there is to keep the chemicals out of the water that are coming downstream that create the foam, but that's another issue. Right. Um, okay, so you think that just need we, we need to go back and look at it and take a hard look because we may be liable in a certain degree. Yeah, knowing that you've got a hazard existing and you're not doing anything actually is where the problem exists, uh, and I think enough has happened that it warrants a review, and maybe it's only temporary, like you say, until that foam dissipates and no longer is shown as maybe a misleading invitation to kids. And so, yes, something has to be done. It's a very odd thing to see. Yep. I mean, there's always foam flying around, but that congregates there. Um, let's switch topics briefly. Uh, you and I have talked about this before, but it's become another big issue. It's another round of conversation about crime in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a ranking that put a second in the amount of increase of crime over the last five years. Uh, but our crime rate is still less than rapid cities. It's still average. It's still way lower than the high crime communities that I could point to. Um, do we have a crime problem and what should we do? So absolutely we have a crime problem. And so here's here's what some of the challenges, Pat, like you're suggesting in, in relative to other communities and other places like Rapid City. The reality is amongst the public, they see an issue that needs to be addressed. And so as an elected official, you've got to listen to that. But what is the issue that people are seeing? What do you think they see that they want fixed? They see uh, violent felon crimes on the rise. They see murders. We were in the, we had 10 murders occur. That was two years ago. No, 10, 10 Not, murders last in year. In 16, I think we had 10 and 15. Wasn't 15 it's, the it's, record? Anyway, oh, but it's... No, it's the first time it's ever been in double digits. Was last I asked, year. I asked Matt well, yeah. Burns. 10 was the highest we've ever had. Yes. I, that's, it's just a matter of what year. Um, okay. they, but so that, that was a high mark. Right. And so in the public reaction is, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, these rips that are occurring, people shooting each other over drugs. It becomes a headline in the newspaper, headline on the TV news. So when I'm talking to people and they're saying, hey, I'm asking them, what do you think I should address? Crime comes up all the time. Roads, potholes, all the time come up contracts and transparency, those kinds of things come up too. But crime is a big piece. Mm -hmm. And so 
we've got such great quality of life in our community. Uh, hard to argue with that. So but what are you going to do to convince to – how are you going to drop the violent crime rate? Perfect question. I've got several plans. First, my intentions are to create a special crimes unit, a task force in charge of going after the top 10 most wanted felons in our community. That's their job. Every day, all day, is to get the top 10 worst guys off the street. Those guys. You don't are, think they're doing that now? They don't have the manpower to do it. You don't think we have enough police? No. I know we don't. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that say, hey, look, you can't just hire more officers and that's going to fix things. I mean, if, that was, if it was that easy, other places would do that. A lot of places have hired more people. Mm-hmm. Here's our challenge. As soon as Sioux Falls gets to the 200,000 population, it will be hard for us to ever catch up. So we've got to do it right now and get ahead of it. So we've been struggling to hire more officers, to retain more officers, Recently, they just went to a 10-hour shift that allows those officers to work for... We had a bunch of retirements, right, that has caused part of that problem. That's a part of it, sure. Yep, yep. yep. But uh, imagine yourself trying to recruit officers when in other parts of the country, these officers are being murdered at work. Boy, here, come work for us. It's all good over here. That's a difficult task. And then you talk about some of the wage negotiations that have gone on. Mm -hmm. Some of the officers don't feel appreciated or supported by the city. That's a real issue. Absolutely. We have to change those things. Just like everybody else struggling with workforce development, we've got to do the same thing when we're trying to hire uh, city employees like police officers. So yes, more officers will help increase our patrol group. It'll allow more officers to work a 10-hour shift, which improves morale so we can retain those guys. Uh, The special crimes unit is very important. If we can take those guys off, I think we have a chance of reducing crime because everybody says, well, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to reduce crime? Well, this is a specific approach. Our, our increase in crime is attributed by most people to drug use. There's no question about that. How will hiring more police have a, a special unit reduce drug use among the general population? About a month and a half ago when I was back home for one of the days I had off in Pierre, I went and met with the Sioux Falls school superintendents and ask them, what would you like to be have taught in school to help increase prevention of drug use? Well, remember years ago, we used to have D.A.R.E. taught. Mm-hmm. Is no, D.A.R.E. is no longer taught. They switched to another program called... Well, it was proven to not really be effective. But go ahead. Well, they I, mean, sw- I, I just want to mention that. They switched to another program mm-hmm. called ICANN. Mm-hmm. And I can is about I can make better decisions in my life. I can say no to drugs, no to bullying, all those kinds of things. I asked the superintendents, what would you like to see taught in the schools? They said they would like to have ICANN brought back. ICANN is taught by uh, uh, school resource officers, which are police officers who go to the schools. I need more officers in order to get to those schools, in order to fill in that programming. So absolutely, we have a way to impact prevention, which is the key to some of those drug uses, because meth, as you know, is just a terrible cancer in our community, and it takes specialized services to take care of those individuals. It's horrific in all kinds of ways. So we've got to deal with those people who are already on the line uh, using drugs. It's the prevention key is our biggest opportunity to stop the pipe from getting full of these addicted individuals. And doing it at school with the help and support of the superintendents is exactly where I intend to go. The mayor has no influence over education policy, as you know, but he has a bully pulpit. Um, 
the the schools, the high schools, are woefully understaffed with counselors. What are you going to do to help the schools get more counselors to run prevention? Because it's not just cops that do prevention. I can tell you that this prevention class is taught in the fifth and sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So it's not in well, there's school. Well, com- I'm, I'm, I'm talking about counselors in the, in the school systems have been cut, 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 cut. Yeah. And there aren't nearly enough counselors to deal with the kids beyond anything other than where are you going to college? Oh, you're not going to college? Here's an application to sell the tech. And I'm oversimplifying it. But they're, they're, they're stretched way thin. It doesn't have anything to do with being mayor other than going to the state and raising a stink. And you know what that's like. Well, last, last session, just weeks ago, when we approved the budget, $4.7 billion for the state, I advocated for increasing the wages for those specialty care providers, which are at the nursing homes and other places like that. But we also improved uh, money for education and for state employees. So I've been a part of at least trying to raise some money for that to happen. But as the mayor of Sioux Falls, it's difficult for us to fund something that is outside of our preview. No, you don't have any control over it. We're going to come right back and talk more with Greg Jamison. He was a candidate for the mayor of Sioux Falls in the April 10 election. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 448 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Blue Sky Blue by Wilco. Of course. If you'd, like you people didn't know that. Oh, it just goes on and on. Uh, we're here with Greg Jameson. He, of course, is a candidate for mayor of your city of Sioux Falls. Um, let's hit some of the, we got to kind of go into the lightning round here. All right, good. Um, legacy development. Would you revisit the contract to uh, build the multi-use PPP, public-private partnership facility downtown, hotel and parking ramp? Not at this time. It's too late. The I think the bonds are going to be sold here any day, and that deal's done. Uh, there's a lot to learn from that process, though, for sure. And I think uh, even the uh, development group has taken measures to kind of clear the air, so to speak. The bonds are going to get sold, but we there's a lot we didn't know two months ago, three months ago. And there's continues to be a criminal investigation by the federal government, Justice Department. We don't know the outcome of that. Does that give you any pause in terms of going forward on this? I don't think so because cause the, the individual that they're concerned about has gotten removed. I think the other individuals are, are, are all okay. Sure took um, a long time. Yeah, no way around it. Okay, so here's mm-hmm. one idea that I did come up with is mm-hmm. in those kinds of situations, it might be a good idea for the city before they enter into negotiations with one of those individuals they de- that they do a pre- pre-award risk assessment. So before, say, you and I enter in negotiations, my, my staff would review Pat Lally mm-hmm. and do a little background check on Pat Lally to determine if that's a good idea or not, if there's unintended consequences that are going to come out, some uh, you know, undesirable information about our relationship that could put the whole thing in a bad light. That's just one idea of how to prevent this from happening again. So I have been thinking about how to fix this. You have in confidence in terms of legacy building the place. Yes. Well, right. They're and not going to be the construction company. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, speaking of uh, uh, contracts, um, there was legislation that I don't think you were the sponsor of, but you certainly were involved with, correct, to make it uh, prevent 
municipalities and government entities from entering into secret settlements. Right. Um, it, it failed. Why? <laughs> well, when I did present that bill, there was like 20, uh, I shouldn't say 20, there were 12, 12 groups who came and spoke in opposition to it. Uh, the approach was too broad. In effect, I was uh, creating some unintended consequences, but it was all in relation to the secret settlement on the event center siding. And, and then what we've come to learn later was when the Argus leader wins, you know, it was supposed to be a million dollars. It's not a million dollars. What happened out of that were that there were multiple legislators who came then the next year with almost duplicate uh, bills and other things to prevent municipalities like Sioux Falls from doing it. What I learned out of it was that people in our position and the mayor's position really should have done a better job of not ever entering into a private confidential settlement like that. We still don't know the real reason. We still don't know who uh, approved applying the siding to the building. Right, and this is one of the exciting things about the upcoming election, Pat. There's an opportunity to shine a whole lot of light on some things. And I, and I look forward to the opportunity to understanding exactly what happened. As a council member who was there when this happened, I remember feeling, well, okay, the city must be doing what's best for us. They're smart people. They're all good people. They want to do what's best. And then when I learned only after the, the Argus sued them and the details come out, well, what the heck is going on? The mayor would have done a great service to the community by bringing the city council into the discussion, getting them to weigh in. And if all of them would have said, you know what, this is a smart, good deal, yes, keep it confidential, do what you're doing, it's a good deal, I think as the public they would have said, well, okay, some things have to be private and confidential. It's a settlement. We get it. We'll move on. But it's my money. It's your money. And here's the issue when you talk about unintended consequences, and we're not going to get any further than this, okay. but the – the issue of uh, uh, victims of sexual harassment or yeah. any of these other things that happen, I understand not wanting to um, uh, uh, reveal people who were sexually harassed in the workplace. However, you, there, there are settlements made by communities and governments across this state through the public assurance uh, uh, alliance. Yeah, alliance. I always want to say corporation alliance that we never, ever hear about. That's my money. I don't care if you run into a truck with a run into somebody's car with a truck or you have somebody. So what you're saying to me is that we don't deserve to know if there's a public official who has sexually harassed somebody that was in their workplace. Is that what you're telling me? No, no, there are. So there are provisions in state law that prohibit some of those details to get out into the public. Then that was the that was the one of the examples that people gave that was like, oh, no, this, this we can't do this. Exactly. And that's the, the all the groups that came ahead of me and proposed or said that I, my bill was bad were those individuals who individually had some special interest in some piece of this, whether it was criminal or corporate or other trade secrets. Here's the opportunity for Sioux Falls. When we hire a new city attorney, there's an opportunity there to build a relationship between him and the city council and the administration that can repair some of that trust. Greg Jamison, he's a candidate for Mayor of your city, April 10th is the election. Greg, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Pat. We'll be right back to finish up. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And the barrel has left the building. Greg Jamison and his barrel have left the studio. I did not sign it. Hey, coming up. What is it here? Oh, this weekend, Saturday, South Dakota Symphony's Orchestra. 
presents Guardians of the Symphony. It's going to be a good show. Big symphony night. Uh, it's Washington Pavilion, 730. It's a celebration of Hollywood's most thrilling superheroes. Music from Batman, Superman, the Avengers, and more! It's always the more that gets you. Go to WashingtonPavilion.org for more information on that. Coming up tomorrow, mayoral candidate, another in a long line of mayoral candidates. Jolene Letcher will be with us. Uh, Boone Man's a scratch. i got to figure that out. But blogger Corey Heidelberg will be in from Dakota Free Press. See you tomorrow, everybody. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.